0: Welcome y'all to the Nougat Bell Show, a podcast all about stories of the South straight from the sources. I'm your host, Kate Robertson, the Southern food and lifestyle blogger behind a thought and a half.com based in the scenic city of Chattanooga, Tennessee. The Nougat Bell Show is a place where people from all walks of life can share their stories of life in the South as they have lived, seen, and experienced it. So pour yourself a glass of sweet tea or a cup of coffee and enjoy this episode of The Nougat Bell Show. Hello, y'all. Welcome back to The Nougat Bell Podcast. I am back here with my dear friend Shelly Ayers, who y'all met in episode two. And Shelly's been working on some stuff since she was on the podcast.
1: I have. I've been working on a lot of recipes and getting stuff together for my side business of cake baking and a potential
0: cookbook coming up. (gasps) Oh, cookbooks make me happy. (laughs) So what is the name of this business you're starting? Okay, uh, it is called
1: Simply Southern Confections. I wanted something that would be quintessential to the South, but could be anything from regular baked goods to savory. So I do specialty cakes, I do wedding cakes, things like that. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm having a lot of fun getting a lot of new things to test my limits,
0: so that's a good thing. (laughs) So how old were you when you first got into baking?
1: Man, I would say from what I can actively remember, I remember being in the kitchen around seven or eight with my mom and my grandma and my aunt too, but they were in Virginia most of my childhood. So I actively remember being about seven or eight when I was really like engrossed in the kitchen and learning things from my family
0: members. Do you remember the first thing you ever baked?
1: Yes, actually, it was Angel Biscuits. (laughs) Really? Yes, Angel Biscuits.
0: So what's the difference between an Angel Biscuit and a regular biscuit? Okay,
1: so Angel Biscuits are uh, a little bit smaller. Um, So like your regular biscuits, whether it's a Cat Head or a Buttermilk Biscuit, Starts the same way. You know, you've got your flour and your yeast and things like that. And those are generally large for the most part. I mean, you can make them smaller if you want. but angel, wants a small biscuit? I mean, exactly. <laughs> if you have a biscuit, at least make it big. So angel biscuits are kind of a more like a, a dainty tea biscuit almost, I guess is what you could say. They're about half the size of a regular biscuit. They're a little bit sweeter because you use more sugar in them than your traditional biscuit. Um, And they're really good. I personally feel that they're the best things to use when you're doing like ham and biscuits and things like that. And so that's just, I always grew up with my family making angel biscuits for different things like Christmas Mm -hmm. or or Thanksgiving along with our traditional food. So that's one of the things I most vividly remember making is angel biscuits.
0: (laughs) So why cakes? Like why those instead of cupcakes or cookies? I mean, I know you bake everything, but (laughs) cakes specifically, what drew you to that?
1: I think it was the artistry in it, because I came from a very crafty upbringing. <laughs> As <laughs> and, most Southern ladies do. Yes, right? exactly. Most Southern ladies are well-versed in crafty domestic things, mm-hmm. and I love cupcakes. It's just that I felt that with doing cakes, you had a more wide range of doing like traditional Southern baking, because I love doing traditional Southern recipes, and I mean, I grew up here, so I mean mm-hmm. it only makes sense. But when I go into doing decorating, whether it's wedding cakes or just custom cakes like making a traditional red velvet something different by using a different piping technique, it's just like art come to life. So a lot of times I'll sit and, okay, you you do an order for me. I just want a carrot cake okay, well that's fine, but I start thinking of the person and then I start thinking, hmm, how can I make this look a little bit different than just traditional? So it's like a modern decorative spin Mm -hmm. on a very traditional dish. So I think that's why Mm I I could be more creative with large cakes Mm -hmm. than just smaller cupcakes. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) And food can be a very representative of someone's personality.
1: Very much so, very much so, I agree.
0: What's your favorite cake to bake?
1: Ooh, that's a tough one. I would say it's a mix between German chocolate cake and red velvet, both of which because I've got a family recipe for German chocolate that I've been working on and perfecting through the years, and just red velvet, there's just something so uniquely Southern about it, Mm -hmm. and uh, just cream cheese frosting, and then the lightness of that cake, you know, because... I don't mind sweets, but red velvet isn't, like, super sweet. So, but you get that tartness and the sweetness from the red velvet, and I just think that that's, like, the epitome of a Southern woman's character. <laughs> it's a little bit of a surprise. <laughs> a little bit of salty, a little bit sweet. It got some sass in there. A little bit of spice. <laughs> exactly. So, so I you think put cinnamon that's in red
0: velvet, right?
1: I u- usually do, just to give it a little bit more flavor of the chocolate.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I love that chocolate and cinnamon combo. Mm-hmm, me One too. One of my friends a long time ago... She used to make brownies that were just amazing. Mm-hmm. And she always said that there was a secret ingredient in it. And she always made it sound so special and like mm-hmm. secret agent y. Come to find out, the way she made her brownies was the box mix and added a pinch of cinnamon. <laughs> Well, that would do it. It's like semi homemade. Yeah. And once I figured that out, I was like, whoa, well, hell, you know? Yeah, no kidding. Well, it's kind
1: of like whenever you make truffles. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't something that I really thought about. So I started doing research. And then I talked to a couple of chocolatiers just in passing. Is that I like chocolate, but I really like dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. But dark chocolate can be bland sometimes to some people's palates. So how do you kind of enhance that? You put black pepper into your chocolate when you make truffles, and that's oh. what enhances the flavor and gives it just a little bit something extra. Kind of gives it a bite without being spicy. Have
0: you and I talked about that before?
1: I think we have. I think we talked about it a little bit. We, we may have talked about it in the car. We or, may have talked about Rogers. it at
0: Christmas. Yes,
1: I think we had we were talking about making yep. candy. But yeah, that's my secret for I'm whenever actually, you make
0: truffles. I'm actually going to try that this year because I didn't last year after you told me because I was just so mind blown that mm-hmm. I was like, wait, really? Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to try that next you time. You should, yeah. It doesn't
1: take very much, but a little bit of black pepper and I like to use fresh ground black pepper. Like two twists? Mm-hmm, like two twists into your mix of chocolate for your truffles and it will make a very large difference mm-hmm. in the taste and it doesn't like no one would really know what it was but once you tell them they'll be like oh okay kind of makes sense to me oh, now. Oh okay.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to try that. Yes. I've been really big on adding coarse sea salt.
1: Yes. To a lot of
0: stuff lately. Mm-hmm.
1: And I personally think that kosher salt or coarse ground sea salt is the best salt to bake with. It's just is. something about the flavor. It's way better than just your standard iodized mm-hmm. salt.
0: <laughs> I know. I used to use just like regular table salt for everything. And then when I switched to kosher salt, I really didn't think it would make that much of a difference. And it did. And mm-hmm. I haven't bought table salts in like two and a half years.
1: Yeah. Cause I mean, it makes the texture better in my opinion, um, because you can really change the density mm-hmm. uh, in your baked goods based on the ingredients of your salt. And that's why like baking, it's like chemistry it's like i'm using my organic chemistry for something now (laughs) don't go to med school use it for baking but it does it it changes the consistency and the flavor but in a good way yeah and so it's one of those things where if you can get used to switching over to it Mm -hmm. because it doesn't break up it doesn't stay in the huge rock form it dissolves Mm -hmm. so it's not gonna do anything to like stand out immensely just makes it better
0: i love putting it on top of brownies like right after Mm -hmm. they get out of the oven
1: yes it is good And like i make um salted caramels mm-hmm. at christmas sometimes and i like using actually the pink himalayan salt on yes those. it's really good on them
0: i know a lot of youtubers that i follow use pink himalayan mm-hmm. salt and they say it's because it's easier to see on camera
1: yeah it is because you've got the color because sometimes the white depending on the color of the background of your baked good mm-hmm. might not pick up as much so yeah the pink and it's the same flavor pretty much mm-hmm. as kosher salt it's the same
0: same concept yeah mm-hmm. so tell us a little mm-hmm. bit more about simply southern confections how did you decide that you were going to start a business
1: well i mean i've always loved baking and cooking mm-hmm. for you know things growing up for my friends in college um even at work now it's just you put a little bit of love into your baked goods and so that's you know they talk about the love languages you know mm-hmm. i like to bake things that i know that will bring people happiness and mm-hmm. joy and so about five or six years ago uh for christmas my parents got me cake decorating lessons from a local bake shop here in town and just because it was like an extension of what I was already doing. Mm-hmm. And I really found that I had a nap for it, and it was something I found very soothing because I use baking as stress relief. Me
0: too. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a really good use for it. My senior year of high school every weekend was just like, cookies, brownies, something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know, and my friends
1: at work and in college always used to laugh. They're like, we know when Shelly's a little bit stressed because the next day she comes in with all these cupcakes and cookies because I rarely eat what I make because I would just use it as an outlet to just kind of be methodical. And so um, I found like I really had a knack for it and I enjoyed it because it was the crafty part, but it was something that, you know, I mean, I, I like to paint and I like to do pottery and things like that, which is something that you have forever, but it's like, I like the idea of like this edible work of art and like branching out and trying new things because you look at these cakes, you're like, man. I did that, and so I think that I decided to, the more people asked me to make cakes, and then by word of mouth, people were contacting me, you know, and like there's bakeries, or it seemed to be a dime a dozen, I mean, there's there's (laughs) bakeries everywhere, (laughs) and cupcake shops, and things like that, and nothing to discount them, but I think there's something to be said of like, Southern root, homegrown, Mm -hmm. like family passed on. Scratch Scratch. And I love scratch baking. Yeah, in a pinch, I'll make a box cake or box brownies. I mean, why not? And if that's the fast way to do stuff. But the more that I realized, I mean, I was always confident in my cooking and my baking. You know, I was always very happy with it. Even whenever I had a mistake, it's like, oh, well, if the cake crumples, then guess what? It now gets to become a trifle. (laughs) Like, you can always (laughs) make cake balls. balls. Yeah, any cracked cake can suddenly be turned into some other dessert but i think that the more i got into it and i saw how people were like you really should be doing this for like you know a side business or you should be doing this for a living i was like well you know i mean i love what i do as a day job love i love helping others i'm doing social work but yeah i just i feel so at ease in the kitchen just because it's just just soothing Mm -hmm. and so I think that that's why I really was like no maybe I should start pursuing this so I was like I can do it on the side and take people as they come and do it for different events and kind of word of mouth just to kind of see if maybe it's something that I should pursue because I mean I believe all my friends and family when they say (laughs) that I should do it so it's like well let's see what happens whenever I put this out to like strangers in the community and sure enough I've gotten several orders in the past few months just of word of mouth of people that had my cakes that I had made for other people's birthday parties and things like that. And I like the fact of, you know that you're doing something right when the same people come back to you all the time for baked goods. Like the very first cake order I ever got after I took those lessons, um, I made someone's wedding and groom's cake. And then for the next few years after that, um, I would do, uh, when they started having children, I would do their kid's, birthday cake oh that's so cool and to me I think that's like a really cool testament of like you've made that connection mm-hmm. you know and so I think that's why I was like you know what I'm gonna do it I'm gonna try to do this business on the side and mm-hmm. see where it goes you know and if it's something that I just do on the side a little bit and that's great but if it's a lot and it turns into something of maybe one day
0: I can have a storefront then that'd be great too <laughs> oh my gosh if anyone needs a bakery storefront in Chattanooga it is Shelley yeah. Ayer's <laughs> someone fund this yes i
1: know i was like maybe i need to do a GoFundMe me for a bakery
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you also did recently a whole bunch of cakes for a wedding i did and the photos were phenomenal yes i
1: know i was very excited between the ones that um their wedding photographer took and then our friend ray the ones that he took i was like oh,
0: wow, it's just so pretty. It's like, mm-hmm. it's one thing,
1: but I'm like, oh, those did
0: look really, really good because yeah. i tried a bunch of new techniques. The main one was like a chocolate-covered strawberry something. Yes,
1: yes. So I did, um, so for Angela and Reed's um, surprise reception that we had at the tailgate, um, well, for their wedding, I made my, my family recipe for German chocolate cake, mm-hmm. and then I had cascading chocolate-covered strawberries. That was it. That was it. Who doesn't like a good chocolate-covered strawberry? <laughs> so, <laughs> right. So I did that. Yeah, that was the main one that I did for their wedding reception. And then I tried some new techniques uh, for their cakes at the tailgate. I was given creative liberty by the ones that were helping to plan the surprise reception. And so I took that as a good excuse to try out techniques I hadn't been able to try before. Was that
0: when you did the ombre cake? Yes. So that I, was my favorite mm-hmm, one. Yeah, I,
1: I loved that. That would,
0: that looked so good. Mm-hmm,
1: that what, turned out better than I even imagined. Mm-hmm. And so that's what's... I like to use my knowledge of art and photography and chemistry to like come up with designs like that. So I just kind of tinkered with colors and I'd never done I think it's called like a fishtail design, mm-hmm. so, and it really wasn't as difficult once I started getting into it. But when I saw the final product, I was like, ooh, Shelly, you did good. <laughs> like, don't want to toot my own horn, but man, that looked really, really nice. Yeah. So. Between that and then the piping of the rosette, mm-hmm. that's my new obsession. Is using
0: that tip to do piping of rosettes on yes. everything. Yes, I'll track down the photos of this and throw them on the Nougabell Instagram page so y'all can see it too. Because y'all, y'all gotta see these.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, and Instagram is the next thing I've got to do for social media. <laughs> got to get that going.
0: Oh yes. <laughs> All right let's play with the jar okay this will be the only non-baking thing we talk about this episode (laughs) but you've been listening you know what the jar is i don't have to repeat myself shelly you know what this is
1: yes i like the jar
0: there's some new questions in here since you've been on okay good all right i'll go first okay white slaw or red slaw
1: white oh i can't believe i'm saying this well, I'll do white slaw as long as it's not mayonnaise based. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I, I, yes, I, I don't really like red, red slaw very much, but I'm not a mayo fan, which I know some people say renounces my Southernhood. But I disagree, <laughs> I just don't like mayo. Um, but I like Asian slaw, which Ooh. which is used with white slaw. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, red slaw, there's just, just something not right. Yeah. Something not right about red slaw. No,
0: because I put my slaw on barbecue sandwiches. Yes. And you need the creaminess to mm-hmm. balance that out.
1: Exactly. And that's why I like the Asian slaw because you can put it on um, like, mustard, like Carolina mustard-based barbecue. Mm-hmm. I really like to put Asian slaw on it because it's got that tartness with the vinegar.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so yeah, definitely. I'm with you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm with White's Law all the way. <laughs> okay, the one movie or book I'll never get tired of is... Ooh. I'm going to say... Book would be Pride and Prejudice. I could read that book like every which way but loose. <laughs> and I like... And I know it's a very polarizing topic as to which version of the movie that is <laughs> the favorite... <laughs> But I'm a Colin Firth fan, and I'm a purist there. But oh, Colin
0: Firth! Mm-hmm.
1: I just really love the premise of *Pride and Prejudice*. I could quote it. I love the idea of it, and if you understand *Pride and Prejudice*, you understand a lot about me in terms of like how I view people's relationships and how you should treat people, whether they're your station in life. So that would be my book. Movie would be *Catch and Release*. I could watch *Catch and Release* every night. I really, really, really love that movie. And it didn't really get great box office reviews, but that's okay. But I love the, uh, the setting. I like... I mean, it's a sad movie with a good ending. But I like the setting, and I like where it's shot. So... That would probably be a a movie I could watch over and over again.
0: (laughs) You're going to call me a heathen. Okay. I have never read Pride and Prejudice. (gasps)
1: Oh, you need to watch it. Or read it and
0: watch it. Oh, I guess you've watched it, have you? I've watched bits and pieces of it. Okay. The, like, more recent one.
1: Okay, yeah, the Kieran Alley one. Yeah, and that's a good version. Like, if I want a quick one, yeah. But, no, you should read it. It's good. Like, Mm -hmm. it's definitely a good one. It was never...
0: Required reading in high school. And even as an English major, I didn't have to read it.
1: Which is shocking, because that's yeah. one of the ones that's generally... Like, when I took British literature, that wasn't one of the ones we had to read, even in college. So. Yeah.
0: God, we read, like, Heart of Darkness. And oh. um, the Canto well, the cantos would have been in poetry, I guess. But, mm-hmm. no, I, I somehow glossed over. I didn't have to read it. Yeah. Especially in high school. Yeah. I was shocked that, that I made it out shocking. of high school without that. Let's see. For me... I'm gonna to try to change up my answers. Okay. For movies lately, mm-hmm. I've been real big on Captain America. That's there a good is, one. Oh my gosh, I've I've reordered my official Chris's of Hollywood ranking. <laughs> it is now Chris Evans, Chris Pine, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Pratt.
1: Okay, I like it. I'll, it I'll used to be
0: Pine, Evans, Pratt, Hemsworth. Okay, so I now it's ordered a little though. bit. Okay. So anyway, Captain America, especially Winter Soldier.
1: Yeah, that is good.
0: Ripped my heart mm-hmm. out. Um, as far as books, I was a huge Roald doll fan growing up. I mm-hmm. uh, loved Matilda, Fantastic Mr. Fox, all those. Um, but lately, I've been really big on memoir style. Mm-hmm. And I read... Tiny Beautiful Things by Cheryl Strayed. Oh, I haven't read that. I, well, I read it in grad school, and I've gone back and reread certain passages mm-hmm. of it since then. But Cheryl Strayed had a advice column called mm-hmm. Dear Sugar. Okay. And Tiny Beautiful Things is basically a collection of her letters. Oh. And, like, the letters that she wrote back to the people, and she turned them into essays and turned it into a memoir, and it is phenomenal
1: okay i'm gonna have to read that i'll be good for my flight yes right, that'll be something i need to look up
0: and then i just started reading the subtle art of not giving a fuck by mark manson i have
1: read that and i really like it
0: i'm about <laughs> three quarters of the way through it and i'm thoroughly enjoying yeah, it
1: yeah i do like that I, I, that is a good book you should read um i've got it i can lend it to you the search for god and guinness it's really good Ooh. Too. it's really good <laughs> It's about the guinness family and the founding it's really cool that so yeah fun. i've got that i can lend to you <laughs>
0: go for another pink one here. Okay. My go-to karaoke song.
1: Oh, this is going to be so bad. (laughs) (laughs) If it's just me, it's so tawdry of me. I really like to sing Criminal by Fiona Apple. (laughs) I'm not judging. (laughs) (laughs) It's so bad, but I really, really love singing that. Yeah. So that's generally, if it's just me singing and you can convince me to get back up on stage, Mm -hmm. it's Criminal Bobby on Apple.
0: (laughs) Um, My usual go-to is Ocean Avenue by Yellow Card. Good one. If you know me, that's no surprise. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also a huge fan of Memory by Sugar Cult. Mm -hmm. And the last time I actually did karaoke was I went out with some coworkers. This has been like almost two years now. I sang Love Yourself by Justin Bieber. Nice. And Sell Out by Real Big Fish. Oh. And that, that was interesting. It was me and my boss at the time. And we went up, and I was like, dude, sing Real Big Fish with me. And we went up to the, like, guy running the Uh music or whatever, and we're like, do you have Sellout by Real Big Fish? And he was (laughs) like, maybe. And he kind (laughs) of gave us this funny look, and then he pulled it up, and we just, like, belted it out. Yeah, because that's one that, yeah, unless
1: you know of them, it's not going to be, like, a first, like, come to mind type thing. Kind of like, I like to sing, um... Stay or Leave by Dave Matthews. <laughs> and I can sometimes find it on karaoke. Sometimes I can't. When I can't, it's, it's a really good one to mm-hmm. sing. It's a mellow tune, but I really like it. So. Yeah. <laughs> it, it works. It does. Can go for Blue because you am know, CFC and all. Yeah. Okay. You can't have brunch without... Ooh. Mimosas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Definitely mimosas or Bloody Marys. I like both of them, but... I think definitely if you're going to have good, proper brunch, you either need to have mimosas or Bloody Marys, although this past weekend we did birthday brunch for me and we had froze for the first time, and that was life-changing. I now know why on all these reality shows people drink froze because it is that good.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to have to try this at home now. Yes. Uh, For me, you can't have brunch without a biscuit. Yeah, fair
1: enough. Fair Either
0: sweet or savory. Mm-hmm. Whether you smother it in gravy or put frosting on it or put fruit in it or jam or anything. Yeah. Biscuit.
1: It's oh, biscuit head. I still dream of it. Biscuit oh. head in Nashville. I was still getting that jam bar. Mm hmm. Just can't get enough.
0: <laughs> I wish I could have taken some of that with me. Mm
1: hmm. Yeah, no kidding. Those were, that's phenomenal. Like, Mm -hmm. Definitely. Go to Biscuit Head if you haven't been to Asheville. It's really good. Worth worth its weight in gold. Yeah, it's
0: uh, good (laughs) enough that uh, some people in Chattanooga will drive three and a half hours just to go. Yeah, exactly.
1: And we've got good brunch spots, so that says a lot when you're going to drive that long just to go get it. You know
0: who you are. Yes. (laughs) We aren't
1: judging you because we're part of you now. Alright,
0: let's do one more each. Okay. I'm going to go for another pink one. There's a pattern here. (laughs) What is Chattanooga missing? A wine bar.
1: Yes, that, yeah, wine bar would definitely be. be I want
0: just, and I'm sure there are bars where you can get a nice glass of wine, but I want a wine bar.
1: Yeah, just like a traditional wine bar. Yeah, I'm with you there. Hmm. I used to say it was that we had an ARIA. Oh, Trader Joe's. Oh, man. Trader Joe's. Why why don't we? Come on, Trader Joe's. Why don't we have one? Every other college town in Tennessee has one, so why not bring one here?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Don't want to have to drive to Atlanta for that.
1: Exactly. I mean, I'll hit it when I go through Knoxville or Nashville, but... Yeah, like we have everything else. We now have an REI. They're about to make a Cheesecake Factory. Mm-hmm. Why can we not have a Trader Joe's? It, it's fitting. We have a large university and it's a good it's good for college students and non college students alike. We so. have enough hippies. Exactly. <laughs> Why yeah, we got enough Choco I mean I wear Chocos, I can't say anything. I do too. But, but... you know, between craft beer and chocos and outdoor events, we need a Trader Joe's. Mm-hmm. Like, get with it. Get I
0: need a two it. buck chuck here.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, first song, you blast in your car with windows down on a nice day. Ooh, I actually have a playlist that's just for, like, car driving around on road trips. Cause I like Ooh. To put, yeah, because I like to put my windows down. I like to put my sunroof back. That's genius. Yes. I was like, so I always have it on Spotify. Uh, so it's a toss-up. It would either be Better Than Ezra's Good, because that just brings back so many memories. I'm a huge Better Than Ezra fan. Or Two Step by Dave Matthews.
0: Nice. Mm-hmm.
1: Those are my two absolute go-tos. If, if I am about to be driving with the windows down and want to do some like car dancing, car karaoke, one of those two songs is always going to be the number one that plays.
0: So mine is Ain't Going Down Till the Sun Comes Up by Garth Brooks. Oh, yeah. There's a story behind it. Okay. So when I lived in Pennsylvania in high school, my family was very Southern. We moved to a very... Not exactly comfortable with Southerner's area. Okay. And my first boyfriend, my freshman year of high school, uh, of course, neither of us could drive. Mm -hmm. So my mom, I can't remember what we had been doing, but we were driving the guy back to his house. And my mom had an SUV with a big old sunroof at the time. (laughs) And my mom had the Garth Brooks Double Live CD in her car. She had that far Gump soundtrack, Jimmy Buffett, the Monkees, and Bob Seger in the Silver Bullet Band. <laughs> All good Southern classic. Yes. Right there. Um, it's amazing that that boy put up with me for four months. But anyway, we were driving him back and ain't going down till the sun comes up, came up, and my mom threw the sunroof back and we're both singing along. And this poor guy sitting in the back seat, like, literally terrified. He's just like...
1: Myself into. <laughs> what is up with these people? And then, of course,
0: that same album has the live long version of Friends in Low Places with the mysterious third verse yes, that
1: not many people know about. No, and
0: of course, my mom and I sing every single word, <laughs> and this poor guy is once again just like, "Hmm, I'm dating the wrong family." Yeah,
1: <laughs> I got the southern transplant. <laughs> yep,
0: he broke up with me about a month later. <laughs> Clearly is not
1: a southern music fan. Oh,
0: no, of course not. <laughs> no, not, not a country
1: music fan, There.
0: No, he was a Bruce Springsteen fan.
1: Mm, not surprising with Pennsylvania, but mm. no. not not my thing. Yeah, no, he's not my fan either. No. Yeah,
0: no. All right, well, that was a fun edition of The Jar. Yes. And as always, if you have questions or topics that you would like covered, tweet them at me or leave them in a review and I will add them. So now we're going to ask more baking questions. Okay,
1: sounds good. I like baking questions. I can talk about baking all day long.
0: I'm totally baiting you on this because I know what your answer is going to okay. be. What is the wildest or craziest thing you've ever made? Oh, man. That would be the lovely creation of the pie caken. Ray, <laughs> this is for you. Oh, yes,
1: Ray. Ray. Yes, I hope you're listening with your, uh, your co worker since it was y'all's genius put to life. Okay, a little bit of backstory on the pie cake-in. Um, So talking to our friend Ray one day, we're, you know what's the equivalent of a turd duck in which you know is like the chicken inside a duck and inside a turkey thing and I was like well it's a pie cake and it's a pie baked inside a cake that's basically what it is take any pie theoretically you can take any pie pie bake into any cake and so he and his co-workers thought about it a little bit and they came up with their concept and I did a cake drawing of it and they were happy with my thought process so that's what I made so it ended up being the most boy-centric bourbon and bacon filled <laughs> cake I've ever made and it weighed well to tell you like 14 point something pounds like like 14.2 pounds uh it maxed out my baking scale so we actually (laughs) had to weigh and then get on it with it um but yeah so basically i made a bourbon bacon apple pie so i made a crust out of sourdough cinnamon rolls and then i made a bourbon apple filling and then i made a lattice on the top that was bacon so it was a bacon lattice and baked that and then i made a bourbon vanilla cake But what you do is you make that cake, you make the pie, and then you put the pie inside the cake batter. And so I baked that pie inside that. And then they wanted a honey bourbon cheesecake. So I made a honey bourbon cheesecake, and then once that was done baking, baked it inside another bourbon vanilla cake. Oh my gosh. And then you've had it before, my bourbon vanilla cream cheese frosting. So I frosted that bottom layer that was the bacon bourbon apple pie inside the cake. And then I made baklava and sprinkled it. And with some candied bacon, I made bourbon brown sugar candied bacon, mm-hmm. and then I can't put, go wrong. No, you can't. Not at all. And I put that honey bourbon cheesecake baked inside a cake layer on top and then covered the whole thing in the bourbon cream cheese frosting and then sprinkled candied bacon all over the top of that. The
0: cross-section of this cake, y'all, it was something else. Yeah,
1: it was nuts. And, like, I had never made one. It tested every amount of baking prowess that I have. And it took a good 13 hours total because I made part of it the day before, part of it the next day. So... It definitely, uh, and it didn't require any type of tearing or staking. I just went based on density. Uh, again, I use that chemistry. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's okay if you don't go to med school, guys. Just mm-hmm. use it for baked goods, and you're okay. Um, they, That's I'm, what I'm Yes, this I know. I'm here to tell you that if you, too, decide you no longer want to be a doctor, you can use your organic chemistry to become a really kick-ass baker. <laughs> just telling you that right now, kids. There is well, not life there's hope. Life lessons Yes, exactly. There, hope is not lost if you decide you really hate biology into your junior year or being a pre med major it's okay
0: <laughs> speaking from experience yeah, exactly
1: exactly you too can succeed in the baking world <laughs>
0: love it so yeah this was a 14 pound cake
1: yeah and it was one of those like i was like i can't put this on a regular cake board i actually had to go mm-hmm. to the cake store here in town and actually get a really thick very heavy-duty cake, uh, cake board to put it on because I was afraid it was going to bend every ounce of a regular traditional one. And I'm glad I did for that reason.
0: <laughs> and when, when they cut it, it stayed. You could see all mm-hmm. the...
1: Yeah, so, like, my very first thought was, okay, I just... Because, obviously, the pie baked fine. The cheesecake baked fine. But when you're having to bake one inside the other again, like, cheesecake reconstitutes itself so you mm-hmm. I mean so it was like a holding my breath put it in the freezer before I turned it out because I was like I'm gonna have to make a whole new cheesecake if this doesn't work and I was like okay got through that first thing so once I got it all together and it stood up and it was fine like okay the next success would be when you cut it does it stay together and, and by golly it stayed together like I was there whenever Ray cut the first slice and it 100% stayed together so I was like score I can
0: do this yay uh, mm-hmm. oh my yeah. gosh Yep. Any plans to make one of those again?
1: I think so. I mean, I would definitely make one. I would just kind of tinker with different flavors. I've got different concepts of what I thought would be good. Mm-hmm. And I thought about making one for a tailgate, but it's just with the heat. I would have to be mm-hmm. really careful. It's one of those I would, I would have to bring it, like, right before we were going to eat it. Yeah. Because I just would be too afraid with the, the weight of it. Or depending. Mm-hmm. Like, buttercream, just... It's the south. Yeah. hundred degrees, and any kind of buttercream frosting is just going to go kaput. But, yeah, if I had, like... A really big something I was doing, I would totally make one again. I now bet, that I know that I can do it. <laughs>
0: I bet you could do one in the fall with like a pumpkin pie in the middle. Yeah,
1: that would be good like that and put it into a spice cake. Mm-hmm. And I also thought like if you do like a black forest, I'd like a cherry cake yeah. inside of like a chocolate, like a really good dark chocolate mm-hmm. cake or a stout cake would be really mm-hmm. good. Stout
0: cake. Mm-hmm. I've been playing with stout in my brownies. It's a
1: good, good thing to use in a. Oh, so great
0: to taste too <laughs> Oh yeah. That I've been it's... saving because you haven't had them yet. Oh good, good. Yeah, so pie cake and mm-hmm.
1: pie cake and it can be done, but it's definitely if you're gonna make one, like I had a lofty goal. Like I literally took their description descriptions, like the descriptors of what they wanted, and drew the cake out. And then literally, it was one of those had to think it through of like weighing things out. Even after they bake, obviously you need to have your heaviest layer on the bottom. Because mm-hmm. I originally thought the cheesecake layer would be the heaviest, but nope, it was the bacon layer, <laughs> the bacon, mm-hmm. the bacon apple pie mm-hmm. one. So. Yeah, it was uh, definitely a labor of fun and love, but I'm glad that it worked out, and they seemed to like it, so that was a good thing.
0: What is one thing you've never made, but you want to try?
1: Ooh. Hmm. Well, the... Because I love to watch the British baking show. Yes. (laughs) Have you seen those... uh, peripheral towers that they make. Oh, a croquembouche. Yes, 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 those. I really want to make one of those. I never have, and they look so cool. And I know how to do spun sugar. And so that's half the battle is getting down the spun sugar and everything. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yeah, so that's one of those things that's definitely on my list. I really want to try baked Alaskan. I've eaten baked Alaskan. I've just I've never tried it myself. <laughs> I was
0: about to say, I was watching a video online the other day for mm-hmm. baked Alaska. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and it's I mean, it doesn't look horrible horribly hard it's making sure that you get the layers Mm -hmm. and it's like making sure you don't torch the meringue too fast that you melt everything that's inside so yeah so those would be the two that are on my list of you know it used to be uh macarons but as you and i know we have now mastered the art of making those so don't have to worry about that i can make those with ease now Mm -hmm. but yeah those are definitely are two of my okay i'm gonna try them at some point
0: i want to make a real big like six layer cake
1: Oh, that's a good one. Like, I made, the multi-levels. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. I made, like, a two-layer cake mm-hmm. for my birthday last year, which, it was great. It turned out great. I just used, like, a southern living recipe because mm-hmm. it was easy, and I just put a bunch of sprinkles in it yeah, it pretty. But I watch all those baking videos mm-hmm. online. That's what I listen to at work during the day. Yep. And they do those, like, beautiful six-layer cakes that are, like, a foot and a half tall yes. and frosted so beautifully, and I just, I don't have an occasion to mm-hmm. make a cake like that, but like, do you really need an occasion you know, for that?
1: I really feel like you don't have to have an occasion to bake something. Just bake it and, like take it to work. Be like, I just felt like making this today.
0: <laughs> I, I always laugh because anytime I talk about making a cake at work, mm-hmm. they're like, you know, I just I don't have an occasion. I need an occasion mm-hmm. for it. And one of my coworkers was like, well, tomorrow's Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: it's a day But you know what? Like when I was first taking my cake decorating lessons. Whenever I was doing the course that was on tiering and fondant works, so like I had to learn how to make uh, tier cakes mm-hmm. or traditional wedding cakes and like make fondant roses and things like that and sugar flowers. Part of the class is you had to bake all these cakes and bring them in. And so you leave with a very huge tiered wedding cake. And so I'm like, what am I going to do with all this cake? Like my family is not going to be eating all of this cake. <laughs> and so I literally took the entire cake. I, I was actually, I was, a su- I was supervising at the time still. But I was also a trainer it's like oh got training class tomorrow so I took that wedding cake to training class and I tiered <laughs> it before they got there and they're like who's getting married it's like no one but we're gonna eat this wedding cake that I made because I don't know what's gonna happen to it otherwise and so we had a ginormous wedding cake and we we I would have to go find the pictures but we all took turns acting like we were cutting the wedding. oh my cake. gosh so yeah that was my treat for our training class that week
0: how do you like using fondant I like
1: it. Like, I, and fondant doesn't taste good. Like, I've made my own mm-hmm. marshmallow fondant. Once I got used to like working with it and like knowing how to do it and things like that, I actually have. I, I no longer have a love hate relationship with it. I actually feel pretty good about it. I've finally gotten a knack for smoothing it on and making really nice layers. And I like the fact that you can make things that you can't do with traditional icing. Like there's just certain things that you can't do with buttercream and you have to be able to use gum paste and fondant. Like I made a wedding cake. It's one of my favorites that I've ever made. And if you look at the picture, you would think it was just like a ruffle tip doing layers to make it look like like folded fabric, almost like ruffles. And the bride that was wanting it Um, wanted red velvet, and I was like, you can't do, that. that's just not something that can be done with um, cream cheese frosting, so you have to use fondant. So I like the fact that you can get like these really cool design work that you can't get out of traditional, Mm -hmm. um, traditional buttercreams and frostings. Like I said, I love pottery. I kind of feel like working with fondant is an extension of what I used to like to like be able to do when I would spin, like throw pots and stuff and like make like little hand pinch bowls and stuff. So I think that's why I like it because you can get such, like I love making sugar flowers on yeah. fondant. And I just learned how to make succulents. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, so I can now make fondant succulents. <laughs> uh,
0: what is one thing you've tried to make a hundred times but for some reason just can't quite get it right?
1: Omelets. <laughs> Omelets are like my kryptonite. (laughs) And I know it's not really a baked item, but I have perfected beef Wellington. I can make beef Wellington like champ. I can make French macarons. Like these elaborate desserts that, like, you're like, man, look at this accomplishment. And not to say that omelets are like easy peasy to make, but I cannot make an omelet to save my soul. They're so
0: underrated. They are.
1: And like, I'm like, That's why I was joking, like, if I ever had endless money, I would just have an omelet maker, like, bring me omelets in the morning, Mm -hmm. and, like, that would be perfectly content. It doesn't take much to my heart, but making an omelet is one Mm of them. Can you make good coffee and omelets? Then good. Because I can make good coffee, but I just cannot make omelets. They just turn into a scramble.
0: Yep, me too. So,
1: yeah, so that's one of those things, like, I can make crepes, yeah, but no, yeah, omelets are something that have failed me. I've tried, I've had people show me, I have read articles, I've watched YouTube videos, I just... I just can't get them one day. One day I'll make an omelette, I just don't know what time soon that will be.
0: Mine would be, if we're going for like regular food, it would be salmon. Okay. I just, for some reason, I just either overcook it or I undercook it or Mm -hmm. the skin just looks weird. I don't, I just can't get it right. Mm -hmm. And for baking, I would have to say, I wouldn't quite say I've mastered macarons yet. Okay. I'm almost there. Yeah. I can get the consistency of the batter Mm. right, but I can't get the size right.
1: Okay. And do you use the little templates, like do you use the pipe templates? I've tried
0: a couple of times. Okay. There's just something about it that I just can't confidently say I've mastered macarons yet. I've gotten better. Okay. And it's one of those things where it just, it it definitely, it's like a practice makes Mm -hmm. perfect
1: type thing. Because I use, um... I, you know, I've done it just piping them on their mm-hmm. own, but I like to use the templates mm-hmm. in a really cold house. I found that the colder my house is, the more consistent Good the size is. So yeah, if you, it's kind of like whenever you make Divinity. You want it to be not humid and really cold in your mm. house. Uh, I found that that makes all the difference in consistent size and macarons. So, people
0: only make Divinity in the winter? Yes. <laughs>
1: yeah, because it's really hellaciously hard to make Divinity in the summer, and I love it. It's like a traditional Southern candy, but... More times than not, it ends up turning into a brick in your mixing bowl. So I I will rarely, unless my house is super-duper cold, make divinity, unless it's in the fall and the winter, because you have no humidity and it's cold outside. So
0: Maybe <laughs> I should wait until December to make macarons there you again. Go. <laughs> there you go. And then one more thing we're going to talk okay. about, which you hinted at this earlier, and mm-hmm. I'm going to push a little bit. Okay. Cookbook.
1: Cookbook, yes. So... Uh, I've got not, not all of my recipes I'm willing to divulge, but there are certain recipes I have been working on since college just mm-hmm. because I just like cooking and baking. And so I've been cataloging them on my Google Doc and tweaking them here and there. And so you know, after talking to you and talking to some other people, it's like... I love baking, so it's kind of an extension because I also like writing. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, maybe it'd be kind of fun to like branch out and do like an e-cookbook because I, mm-hmm. you know, I know you can do those on Amazon and things like that. So I've been working on different like different types of what the cook cook do we do like, like a celebration style? You know, I talk about that like the Pioneer Woman and stuff. Or uh, should I just be like all just desserts? Because in the spring and the fall, I've got a really pretty garden in the mm-hmm. backyard, you and do. the perfect backdrop for like. Garden party or like a baking centered cookbook, so or tea party or a tea party, yes yeah. So I've uh, cataloging them all and finishing them. So I think I've about I need like one or two more recipes that I need to perfect, which I've been working on. I just mm-hmm. have to kind of tweak them, yeah. That's like my price. I've got my website that I'm gonna start developing. I've already got you know the business cards and I've got the you know on the side doing it. So I was like, this will be a good extension just to kind of branch out and do something Mm -hmm. different so it's a good way to share like recipes that i've created that i'm cool with like sharing to the masses Mm -hmm. and this is proof that people still use cookbooks yes yes i love cookbooks like i don't know if i would ever not buy one like i am very much i mean and like i've got like you know in the world land of pinterest like i love pinterest and i like i have a million different boards of things that i've pinned but there's just something about flipping through an actual like feel like legitimate like mm-hmm. hardcore uh, cookbook and that's why i like the ebook style because it doesn't have to be as long and it's something that you know that you can easily access and mm-hmm. things like that because i've got plenty of ebooks and e-cookbooks too but it's kind of nice versus like actually having something to look at so you don't have to keep remembering where did i pin that or where did i snip that from right <laughs> so yeah yeah i love oh. yeah i just love cookbooks i do vintage ones regular ones like i've got my family recipes, like my mom several years ago made all of the kids in the family a family cookbook. Like she typed up all these recipes and like, you know, so it's, it's really cool something that we have. But um, when my aunt passed away, she actually gave me two big boxes of her and my grandmother's recipes, recipe oh, cards wow. and their handwriting. So it's really neat because I've been going through of like those recipes and finding ones that... And some of those are ones that I'm, like, doing a modern twist on for the, oh, for awesome. the cookbook. So, yeah. It's kind of cool. Oh, that's cool. so exciting. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. Yeah. So, I'm excited about it. So, it's ones that are... Uh, I was like joking. It's like it's kind of like not your mama's uh, baking. So it's like things like either I maybe put a boozy flair on it, or I've you know switched up some of the ingredients to mm-hmm. kind of be something more modern and like a, a flavor that you wouldn't think would be in there. Like
0: topping an apple pie with bacon. Exactly,
1: exactly, <laughs> exactly. Or like making a crust out of cinnamon rolls. That's not your typical crust for an apple pie. Mm-hmm. So
0: mm-hmm. it's a good flavor combo. It though. is, and
1: like again, bacon. I mean, unless you just can't have bacon. How can you go wrong with bacon or
0: bourbon? (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Both of those go together. Oh, absolutely. Well, we're going to wrap up here. Okay. Um, Where can we find more information about Simply Southern Confections? Okay, well, I have a Facebook page,
1: so you can go on Facebook and look up Simply Southern Confections, and I should hopefully in the next few days have my Instagram account set up that I'm going to load some pictures into that I've been taking. So you can find me on Instagram, also under Simply Southern Confections. And then when I get back from overseas, I am planning on getting the fa- or the um, the website built. Yay! So I, I've got the domain, I just have to build the website. So that's, that's the, the hardest part. Yeah, so I'm, I'm saving the best and the hardest for last. Of course. <laughs> so Yeah, so yeah, Facebook is all up and going. You can find me there. It's got a link to my contact information and all of that via Instagram. You should be able to find them in the next day or so. Awesome, yay! Yeah. I will throw all those in
0: the show notes Sounds so good. everyone can go find them. Thank you so much for joining me again. thank you for
1: having me again. All fun as always. (laughs) Oh, yes.
0: This has been episode 13 of the Nougat Bell podcast. Thank y'all so much for listening.